so this is Terry Seltzer. Terry, say hello. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Hi. So, okay, like she's a she's an amazing professional in the world. She's like, you know, lawyer and all that stuff, but she's, but why she's like on here, like the coolest thing about her is that she's, um, she's a psychic and she's awesome. And she has uh, a lot of special gifts and she's really good at helping people awaken their gifts. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So like, how would you introduce yourself? Like what would you, what do you describe yourself as to people? Uh, well, I picked the name guided coaching uh, for the sort of the basic description and it has to do with connecting people to everything connecting them to themselves to the planet to their soul to their guides and angels and helping them work with them because I believe if everyone is this is like my passion and my calling if everyone is connected then you can't do things that are negative or abusive or ignore the planet or climate or other beings you know, human beings that need help or it, it puts you in a different perspective. It shifts your awareness entirely. Once people are starting to connect and using what I call their sixth sense, then they start to understand, oh, there's a lot more than just what I can see or, or, or dealing with on my five senses. And I have a different kind of responsibility because I am connected to everything. So, so do you, you believe everybody has some form of a sixth sense? Um, yes. No, that doesn't mean it's not dormant or that they're not aware of it or they don't want to use it, but they have something that usually connects them and that they're aware of on another level. Most, most people. Yeah. So I, I took a class with Terry this last um, Saturday. And you were talking about how you can pretty much teach most people to probably see, like see their auras as, as an example, but not necessarily um, awaken gifts that they, that you're just not naturally not going to have. Like if, you know, like biblical gifts, like, oh, the ability to just see into the future with things or, you know, walk on water, but you know. Yeah, no. The, okay. So there's a difference in what I would call divinely infused gifts or that come directly from the divine like prophecy would be a divine gift that's coming directly from source or or the angels you know the angelics and that that's not you can't teach somebody how to be a prophet you know? <laughs> you're just chosen or you're not chosen and that's between you and god or source if that's going to happen and then what the message is that will be delivered it's it's not something you teach someone but a lot of people if there's you know, have some sensitivities and things and they're open-minded, you can usually teach them some of the basic things like how to see or, or how to at least feel the energy around something, you know, with their eyes closed. Those are like kind of beginner steps to get their, their connection and their sensitivities starting to be raised. Hmm. Okay. So how did you like, okay, tell us about, about what your gifts are and how they came online for you. Okay, well, <laughs> that started when I was really young. <laughs> First of all, I, I was born into a family that has gifts. So my grandfather and my on my dad's side and my cousin, and also my mom's a little psychic. She doesn't like to admit it, but she is. She senses things pretty easily, actually. Um, and then I also had three near-death experiences before I was even three and a half years old, where I crossed over and nearly like 
didn't make it back. So I got pretty, the first one I had uh, SIDS, my mom found me in my crib and I was blue. The second one, I was around two and my grandfather liked to build race cars in his garage. And I thought gasoline smelled wonderful and it was the old cans with the lids. So oh, yeah, wow. gasoline, they found me like out. <laughs> and then the third one was what they call the cat scratch fever, which is now staph infection. And uh, I did get scratched by a cat. I got very sick and I had a really high fever. That's the only one I actually remember consciously is the, the last one in crossing over. And I remember the light. I remember feeling floating up out of my body, seeing everybody, you know, in the room. And I remember, you know, I was like in ice. They had packed me in ice because my fever was so high. Oh, ice wow. And, uh, and I floated out and then the light and then the comfort of that I, of course, didn't want to go back like everyone who has that experience, uh, but it changes you. So you no longer feel and see things, you know, the way I guess uh, the average person does in the world. Um, and then I tried to push that down for many years and get rid of it because it was around probably age 10 that I realized this wasn't something that other people wanted to know about or they would start saying I had mental health issues and stuff like that. They started putting a lot of labels on me because I could see things and sense things. And so I decided around age 10, it was time to get quiet. Wow. Yeah. And then start repressing it as I got into my teen, late teens and twenties, I decided I'm going to go very left brain went into practicing law and opening businesses and just completely ignored that side as much as possible. Things would still happen, but I would just be like, no, it's, I, I didn't see that. I'm not hearing it. No. <laughs> yeah, you just would completely ignore it. Yeah. yeah. So in 2007, I, God, divinity, whatever, decided that was not something I was going to get to ignore anymore. Yeah. And those full blown clean my plate like a bad country western song everything was gone <laughs> and i was just like oh my goodness you know what's going on and during that time period i have i would call like a psychic crash i was like everything opened wide up again i see things hear things smell things sense things that other people were just like we don't already talk about unless they were psychic and could sense them and i finally found a woman that helped me realized that I wasn't hallucinating because I walked in, I'm like, what is that? And she could describe it perfectly. And I went, okay, and what is that? She described it perfectly. And I'm like, and what's in your backyard? She's like, that's an angel gate. I'm like, I have never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> so, that must have been super comforting to have somebody validate like what you were. It was, through. it was. At the time I felt like, like I wasn't suicidal, but I felt like I was going to die. Like there was just, it was that, feeling of if I don't change and I don't do something here, I am going to die. Just, you know, this is what it was at the time. So it helped a lot to find her. Okay. So I've heard you use the term like your, like your angels and your guides. So how do you define like the difference in, in that? Like, how do you know if it's a guide versus an angel and or can they be both? Um, yeah, they, they can be both, but the, for me, the angels are more like, um, how do I explain this? First of all, they, they, they shine a little bit more light 
And second of all, they, um, they're kind of like guardians that are sort of there. And then they also are like, it's more like they relay messages. It's not like it comes from them. And then a guide can be like something that's another type of being that has its own consciousness that isn't just relaying messages, but actually processes through and makes more decisions. Like the angel's more like a, a messenger or a reflection of source or God than it is like going to make a decision to do something or change something. Does that make sense? Yeah. But g g angels are, 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 they always confuse me because like I've had a couple of run-ins with them and then, but, and I've also had, I've had a, another woman on here who specifically works with angels who I've talked to. And I mean, she says they don't necessarily have wings and that um, like, and I've, I've also kind of just, I think there's a, there's a weird sense that they're um, tied with, religion but then at the same time they're in all cultures like these yeah so so that they're 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 such an interesting being for me because like would you call them alien or not like are they from here or not from here no 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 like they were they were created um they were created early on so they're they're part they're part of the they're part of things before things were physical, before there was a physicality. So um, that's they're 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 older and they're they're part of that and they're more directly linked to source or God. Yeah, and they can get much much closer to source uh, than we can without losing their sense of being an angel i guess like the, the source is so strong and source is so powerful the the original essence of everything that if you get too close to it, you, you there is no more separation no more right, you system. go back into it it you just are you know and and part and you're 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 gone basically and so would all physical things be like completely gone so um angels have have the same issue to a point they can get a lot closer and still exist um but then we can but they're also more of like they don't have free will this is another a thing about most angels now there are some angels in the stories in the first fall and the second fall that apparently had some sort of level of free will or developed it and asked questions of god or came down you know to the earth and were of lust and things like that sometimes i question if that was more alien or if that was actually uh the angelics or not because right. i see the end is more like messages and con messengers conduits directly for god or source or source yeah okay yeah well because and see that's what what's interesting because like i've had this discussion before because there's there's a group of people that believe almost like there's an ascension level of where like you could become an angel at one time at one point and then there's other people who are like no angels just are angels they always were they're never been a human they won't be a human and like they're a separate thing from us like they're they're not the same thing and i'm i've always tended to go kind of go more in that line like um it's not like oh your wonderful grandmother who you loved became an angel and is watching over you like i i think that she's 
something else, but like they're, they're, they feel like they're two different things. I agree with that because of the, the level of just spirits and souls even look different on the other side to me, you know, and like I can kind of follow somebody when they've crossed and I can kind of tell you what stage they're in and, and, and where they are too a lot of times, you know, um, and then the, when they'll be able to show back up and interact with you again, if they cross into the light, it's a lot easier for them, you know, if they go through the process and then go into the light, it's a lot simpler and easier. Um, there are some souls that sort of are in limbo here in different places. And then there's like what I call energy imprints. Like you might see the same thing, like the people who see the, like the girl walking down the staircase every night. Oh, right, you know, right. That's may or may not actually be a soul. It may be sort of like a an imprint of the energy was so strong kind of thing. Yeah, I've, I've heard that that can even happen to um, like, like the example I heard was that um, this, there was a domestic violence, like, like incident somewhere and the woman was still alive, but then her, her, her nephew, like, could see, like, this repeating thing in this room of her and her husband, like, having, and it almost seemed like they were, there was, like, a ghost thing, but he was, like, it was weird, because it was, like, my aunt when she was younger, but my aunt's still alive, so, right. so, yeah, I, I, so I understand that could be, like, the repeating record loop of just one moment in time that is, for some reason, unresolved or, or something, just like it's almost like the energy was so charged it left an imprint somehow hmm. you know in a weird way i can't explain that well but I, i've seen it i know i know the difference like i can tell you yeah that means that's like part of their spirit or not kind of a thing does that make sense hmm. yeah yeah it does and then there are people that sort of get in accidents, get popped out of their body too fast, or they feel like they have unfinished business here, so they're trying to do it, you know, by not going all the way over into the light and things like that. It's like, so th those, I just like, if I come across them, I have a conversation with them and say, hey, you want to go into the light because it's a good thing. They're like, if they're afraid of judgment, I'll say, I promise this is not going to be a bad thing. You're going to be fine. You know, just just trust the process, you know, it's not about punishing you, it's about helping you learn and grow, so. You know, I've had, this theme was coming up a lot for me, I had this weird dream, and uh, th that, like, um, and then there was, like, a book I read um, about the alien interview, and then there was a couple of other, like, yogis who've talked about how the light is the reincarnation loop, like it, it puts you into another body, like it puts you into this thing. And then like, if you go to the stillness, you can start integrating with source. So that, that if you feel like you, you aren't done learning, go to the light. But if you feel like resolved, don't go to the light. Cause then you'll just go back into the loop. I found, yeah. I found like, I've heard that a couple of times and I'm like, Ooh, that's a little bit interesting yeah. to unpack. The karmic wheel, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's interesting. I don't know enough about that myself. I will say that 
what I did learn when I was, I went and studied in India, Northern India, and I spent 10 days with the monks and with um, the Dalai Lama, not personally, can't get very close to him. Like we had one picture with him, that was it, right? <laughs> but uh, listening to him teach and stuff in that group and hanging out with the monks for days, it was fascinating. But one of the things that they talk about is conscious death. So you, you, you're, so their idea of consciousness is not necessarily like you and I being awake. So they would argue even somebody in a coma can be fully conscious because they're, they're fully aware of what's happening. Even if they can't talk to you or interact or look at you, they have full awareness. And so when they die, their meditation and everything, the way I understood this, and I'm not a specialist in this area, but the way I understood this is that they, they, when they die, they're trying to remain fully conscious and go through the entire process. And they talk about that space, the void, uh, or, or kind of the stillness area, but they call, I think they called it more like the void. And going through that before their soul makes the decision if they're coming back to the karmic wheel of life, or if they're done with the karma, then they can just choose to come back as an ascended teacher that's helping humanity, or they can continue on and go do something else. Like they make decisions. Yeah. Yeah. That that is what that was what my 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 dream was was like I was I was awoken in my dream I wasn't actually awoken but I thought I was waking and I was having a bit of a lucid dream and I I all of a sudden started noticing as I was walking like I was able to move or something and then all of a sudden I lost my body and it was I was in the blackest of the black but I was just in complete darkness like darker than anything darker than the, this can ever be. I mean, it's like, it was like completely matte. And I was a bit about to freak out. I was like, oh my God, like what is going on? And then I heard like this voice is going like, shh, just breathe into this. Like th this is, this is, this is this, like you, you don't, like you have to go through the dark before you can get to the light. Just breathe into it. And it was basically saying like, this is the void. You need to know what this feels like. You need to know what this experience is and not fear it. And I was like, uh, how long does it last? <laughs> like, okay. And then, um, yeah. And then when I woke up, I was like, oh, that was a weird dream, but that's sort of that one night, once I had that dream, it was like, you know, that thing, I don't, there should be a word for it. I don't know, but where something happens to you. And then like, you, like a subject you've never heard of in your entire life, really. And then that next like week or month, you hear like instances of that, like eight times or something. It's like, it all of a sudden kept on coming into my field, this whole concept of. Yeah, that's synchronicity. So synchronicities are like nudging you into a certain path and, and reminding you of what's important and what you're looking at. So I call those like synchronicities or spiritual synchronicities. Those are like messages. Yeah, that's cool. Huh. Well, okay. So if somebody somebody wanted to work with you like what like how like what's the process like how do, what do you guys usually do um if you if you want to work with me go to guided coaching and my phone number is working and facebook messenger for guided coaching is working right now cool. and so i would say what you would do is you would reach out to me and get a hold of me and you you have my email too you can give them the yeah, yeah. And, and i'll put i'll put the link to all this down below so okay yeah. Right. And then, uh, and then basically I would ask them, you know, what do you, what do you want to achieve? 
what is it that you are here to work on? And they would may come up with a few things and tell me, and I may say, I'm not me, but their guides and angels may say, well, that's what they think they want to work on. Here's what we want them to work on. <laughs> so that's always a possibility. Or they might be 100% right and say, okay, let's, let's go there and see what we can do with that. So that could be, you know, anything from getting to know their angels and guides and how to work with them. It could be um, going back to a past life if they need to. They access the Akashic records. There's a, there's a lot of things that can be done. Each person is different. Might need to clean and clear things first before we just take off and do something. There might be other things that are in the way, cords, systems, karmic, whatever. There's a lot of different things. You know, sometimes people need to handle that stuff first before they do something else. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, that sounds like, so it's not just like, Oh, like just a standard reading. It's also like, like a, like, like clearing and then also trying to help you find your path. I stay open to whatever is going to happen. Like, uh, I never approach a client with my concept of what's going to happen. I approach the client with what is going on deep, deep listening and then working with their angels and guides and everything that's going on energetically around them and sensing into all of the whole system for them. So energetically, physically, emotional body, spiritual, and work with that as a whole. And if things are out you know, line or it's not comfortable or whatever, some people are perfectly fine. Not everybody's broken or needs to be cleaned or needs to be healed. You know, that's a, to me a myth that, you know, that is and like some people are not even human. And so I, I have to look at them and be like, okay. And there's some folks that I'm going to get a no for. I'm, gonna get, I'm not the right person to work with you. Let me refer you to this other healer or someone who has this gifts that will work better for what you're looking for now. I don't uh, always get a yes that they're the right person or that I have what they need at that time, even if I can hear their guidance and angels. It just might be a different path completely. And that's all fine. I, there's like no, no attachment to whatever that is. That's why the deep listening and being able to be non-judgmental and just accept what comes through is how I operate. So you, I, you, I've heard you say like you can move a lot of energy. So do you do energy healing in, with it? If I guess, or is that more like if it needs to be done like that? If, if that is what's called for and that's, then my next question on the other side is always, am I the person that should be doing this? And if I get a yes, great. I also am very big on empowering the client. So I'll tell them what I'm doing, what's going on while it's happening, and then keep checking in with them to see how they're feeling, you know, because I don't want someone to be dizzy or ungrounded or, you know, feel thrown off by stuff too. So I tap in with them and I ask them, explain to them what I'm doing because I also want to teach people. I want them to be able to apply things themselves. Yeah. So like the muscle testing, the cards, accessing their guides and angels, if they want to learn about how to talk to them and access them, we'll go through a process to do that. But I talk them through it. I'll give them, you know, in an email, what we did if they'd like so that they can go and keep pursuing those things and growing on their own too.
Yeah, I think that's really empowering because, you know, like there's, there's, there's been um, people that I've had readings or healings or things from, and, but, you know, it's, it's a one-off thing. Like you don't know how, like you don't even understand like what their process was. So it's, it's, it's also kind of a thing where I like how you're empowering people to be able to ask within themselves too, and giving them tools to do that. I think that's cool. Right. If someone can't access their own truth, that that makes them kind of a, a victim to all these opinions and ideas and things that are out there. They need to also have some sort of access to their own uh, truth. And, and I'm worried working with someone who's always working with psychics and stuff because they're trying to figure out things because it's... I, then I want to like ground them, connect them and be like, you have to know how to read and understand your own truth. Right. So you're, you're not put off track. You know, even if I tell you something, you, it has to resonate with you and be true to your system. And if it's not throw it out and don't use it. If it's important and it's supposed to be part of something that you're supposed to use or do or whatever, I'm not going to be the only being that you'll come across that will give you that message. It'll keep showing up in your life. Right. That's true. And so how do you, like, what's your method of, how do you center yourself? Like, how do you connect to, like, do you just, are you just naturally connected or do you always, do you have to like go within sometimes? Like, are you a meditator or? Um, I do some meditation. I just, I wake up, I do gratitude in the morning and thank God for another day. And you know, that I, get to do things today and be of use. And then um, I have a kind of grounding and connection that I do what I call like above and below. So into the center of the earth because I'm supposed to be here on this plane doing this work. So I need to stay connected with her and operating with her in her field too. And then uh, go all the way up and connect to source and run that through. So that's the other way. And then just sort of soften and widen and allow the energy to flow in and connect with the angel, the guys say hi to them, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me, they're like, they're like friends. You kind of stay in touch, you know? Yeah. So how do you, how do you relay messages to someone that are kind of like, you're like, Oh, they're not going to like this. that that's difficult so like i once had a client um that came to me and she wanted to know if her husband was cheating on her and i immediately got a yes and i immediately saw the girl too that she that the husband was cheating with but it felt wrong to tell her just because i had the information because she was in a very emotional state and also because um she had two children and you know things like that so in the, i didn't feel right about it something felt wrong about just giving the information so i started asking questions around it but i i decided to wait and tell her that she, you know teach her how to trust herself and get her grounded get her centered because then she would be able to handle this and be able to deal with it in a, in a different way and it's just like, even if I get messages around people that are going to die or cross, I usually don't tell them. Right. Because it's not yeah. like you can do anything about it. Because so, you know. 
No, right. I mean, unless like somebody's really stable in themselves, but then if they are, they probably already know they're close. Yeah. You know, so it's, I don't need to tell them when they're that centered and they're that connected. So, um, but it's just, um, like, I can also tell like when somebody has a window or what I call a window or a door. So, uh, so like if somebody has been diagnosed with cancer, you know, so I can often sense like, oh yeah, they're going to have cancer, but this is like a rebirth and a process for them. Or, oh, they're going to have this time period where they really could leave and cross over if they want. Right. So they have a choice. So you're, you can, you can see the fork in the road kind of thing. Right. I can call, I call those windows. And so, because and it's like, yeah, you could crawl out the window and go if you want, because the window's open. Or you can stay in the house and keep hanging out here, right? Doing what right. you're doing. Um, doors are, it's a done deal. Unless, you know, you have divine intervention at that point, saying, oh, we're going to give you a little miracle or a little something and no, kind of thing. But when windows are more of, that person kind of can choose if they want to take it. So in regards to like portals and, and you're saying that you can like kind of like open portals and dimensions and stuff, do you, like how do you see our reality in terms of, do you see, um, you know, like do you see like we're in third dimension, we go to fourth, like do you see like these dimensions? Like how do you see, where your consciousness goes like when you pass over like do you do you see it as we're all like one continuous being just fragmenting itself or how, how do you see this whole reality i know that's a that's a hard question but <laughs> it's a fun one yeah no no i like it thank you first of all um although this is there's density and it is physical and i can see the physical i also don't see this as physical i see this as like billions of particles of lights moving all the time. Like that when I, when I just sort of zone in and sit with it, it's like, it's just, it's like um, particles of God hold, holding all of this stuff together. You know, little, little lights everywhere, kind of. It's, it's interesting to see that. Um, Dimensions are, are, are different. I, I haven't done a lot of interdimensional, a little bit, but not a lot, but those feel different. And I can like see that there's something different there from ours. Like I, I, can, I can tell it's, it's not the same. I, I can't explain that well, but I can just, I can tell that it, it isn't the same as where I am right now. So with, with these portals, like if there, if there are like portals, like say in Peru or something, like do you, do you, yeah. where do you think those go? Do you think they go to another dimension or do you think they go to someplace physical or? I think each one's different. Yeah. I think there's even a portal near the sun that you can go to Andromeda if you want to an entire another galaxy if you want. Yeah. So then, like, partially. is that how aliens are maybe traveling, <laughs> like, at speed of light? Okay, so I once had this uh, interesting information passed to me 
um, from outside. And the information was that there was a portal near the sun. The reason this planet was so valuable originally was because it was a planet that a lot of beings could stop at, kind of like a hotel. <laughs> because <laughs> that portal was rare because there's lots of portals like to go between uh, like our solar system and other solar systems in our galaxy, right? Mm -hmm. But a, a, a portal that takes you all the way over to another galaxy like Andromeda is, there aren't that many of them. And so that's why we were kind of like, you know, the Hotel Six over here. <laughs> right, On it, we're off the interstate guys. <laughs> so there's lots of things traveling in and out using that portal. You know, so we're, and they, they find us very interesting because of our uh, development in sort of where we are. But there's also rules about non-interference right. now. There wasn't before. Like, if you go back and look at the Vedic literature, you can see that there were, like, they were watching these giant wars in the skies and shooting lights, you know, what we could have, like, laser beams for us, right? And so, so obviously there was some sort of galactic agreement to stop doing that stuff and let us develop at some point. Yeah, I mean, through, I mean, like I was an art history, art historian, like that's what I, I did my master's in and stuff. And there's, there's paintings from like the 1500s or actually there's, there's stories that go back all along of, of sky wars and that they, that they would draw and, you know, and then there's those flying machines in the Vedic, um, what are they called? right the, the, the samas or i can't i can't say the word yeah. Now, but yeah i mean like there's there's been a history of stuff going on for sure but yeah, yeah. yeah. for a long time we find all sorts of interesting remnants of it around the planet too yeah i agree so yeah no i can sense that there's something different i don't always know like the whole story behind where that portal goes what it does or how it works or if it'll feel physical or non-physical. The one in Peru, you can take your whole body through. That is a physical one. I do know that. There's one in Israel near Megiddo. Um, I don't know if it's physical or not, but you can definitely like be pulled energetically and spiritually through that one if you want. It goes way up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, been, I've been to one in Colombia called Manoa. And then there's, I know there's one in like on the border of New Mexico and, and Colorado called Zappa, like called Zappa Falls. And people claim that Mount Shasta is one. I've never been. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a ton of them. I think that, I think that's, we should definitely explore more portals. I agree. I think we need to go on a portal trip. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's definitely. So, okay. So Okay, so my podcast is just about like anything that's like high strangeness, right? So, like, like that's why I'm so fascinated by you and people like you, and or, or I don't know, because I have a lot of I have I have some psychic abilities as well, um, but more of us need to talk about it mm -hmm. and not and and not make it strange and not make it like. Uh, well, you know, I think people do have, have like this idea of like, oh, if you're psychic, then tell me what I'm thinking. Or like, I didn't say I was telepathic or like, or if you're psychic, like what's going to happen here or what's going to happen here? Or, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, it needs to be understood better. And I think it can be understood better if we all start kind of 
expressing like how how we how we experience it yeah i i think there there are lots of different uh levels and for me i don't get all the information all the time so it you know and there's things that i ask questions to the angels and guides and i get an absolute no um that i'm not supposed to know that i'm just supposed to experience it or the other person is supposed to just experience that and we're not allowed to interfere or give them information you know so they're they're just because you're psychic you don't have an open book to everything in the universe <laughs> it's not your right <laughs> it's a it's a it's a relationship with the angels and guides on the other side so just like you have a friendship or a relationship here with someone you have a relationship with them too and it's the same like level of respect and you know there's some things your, your friends are never going to tell you and that's okay they're still your friends i also have this idea that like in regards to the future thing it's like well why like it would this would not be a fun game if or like a fun movie to watch if you knew the ending completely already i mean like we know that we all die eventually in the end right we know that in some respect but like if you know the way the entire movie goes that would not be uh, that would not be fun so right. uh, you know i think uh we also have this anxiety of what's weird about being incarnated for me is like the lack of memory of before this like that i i don't feel i have a feeling that that's not always how it is that's not so I mean, maybe, maybe it is, but for me, I have a feeling like this is a little bit of an unusual twist. Like there's incarnations that I feel like I've, I've been able to keep memories for a while. So this is, this is, right. this is hard to navigate through sometimes for me on that. There are, there are some beings um, that say that this is the only dimension and planet where we don't keep our memories. That see that that resonates or that feels that feels correct to me because I like sometimes I I are I have conversations my thought voices which actually that's something like we could get into um, I've I've been having a, a like I always have a back and forth definition of when I'm having these conversations in my head is it with my subconscious myself my higher guy you know because I don't have a visual aid of like you know, people stand, I don't have like this t round table of, of beings that I'm talking to all, visually in my head all the time. Sometimes it's literally just my own thought voice that I'm having these right. conversations with. Right. And you the difference. You want to know when you're talking to like an angel or guy versus when it's coming from your own soul versus when it's coming from your mind. Right. And I have a hard time differentiating that sometimes because it's a, sometimes for me, there are it's very clear that this is separate from me, but then other times it sounds just like me and I can't really tell and I, and I don't know. So there's a simple, there's a couple of simple techniques you can use to find out very quickly and ask the question of, you know, is, is this coming outside of, of my being from an angel or guide? You can muscle test. Do you know how to do quick muscle testing? Mm -hmm. Okay. You've done this before. I've done the muscle testing before. So where it's like, um, First, you define your yes or no. So you say, "Do people call me Nikki?" So that call me Nikki. Yes. So that's your yes. And then you 
then you ask your questions. You say, is this information coming from outside my being from a, a third party, like an angel guide or ascended master? And if you get a yes, then, then you know that's where it's coming from. If you get a no, then ask your next question, which is, is this coming from my soul? And then you want to say, is it coming just from my mind or my subconscious? See, so you can separate, start asking questions and start separating it out and do a little investigation and you'll get really fast at it, you know, or you can use a pendulum, you can use cards. I use yes, no cards. So I have these moon cards. And so full moons are completion and uh, no's and new moons are beginnings and yeses. And so I just okay. throw so you just, and, and, and you don't know, like you flip one and whichever it is, is what you go with. Yeah. Okay. I ask my question, I should, I just run them through my fingers and I throw it down and I get my yes, no answers and stuff. That's my, my quick way of doing it when I'm not a hundred percent clear or sure about how the information is coming in. Or maybe if the being that I'm working with is like of the highest and purest light, I, I don't allow myself to work with anything that's not, that's just, that is, there are plenty of like shamans, healers and uh, energy workers that can work with what I call shadow beings or maybe even beings that some people would consider dark or evil. That is not part of my path. I'm not allowed to do that at all in this life. Like I have no gray area at all. I only can work on the light this lifetime and in this path. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely have had experiences with like, like I had, I had an experience with a, a gargoyle like it, she was almost like a uh I, I guess she was a demon or something but she came into my room in San Diego when I was on an overnight and she was sitting on the edge of my bed and I could I could see her but like um it was a very weird thing and instead of getting scared I just was like mm, can I help you like what do you want and she was like speaking like gibberish i didn't understand what she was saying but she kind of I, I got this she kind of talked about a cat and she talked about something else so i i got the feeling that she was a almost like a ghost a very very old ghost who has not moved on and has been like just swimming in her own wallowing in her own self-pity for i don't know how long enough to become this like creature and I just decided like, okay, so I'm going to send her love and help her transmute whatever she has. And, and she went away. And I was like, and, and like, I was just like, and I, I listened to her for a little bit and I go, okay, cool. Well, I, I hear what you're saying, what you're saying is valid. I, um, I'm, so, I, I'm sorry that that happened to you and I'm sending you love. And then she just was like, Oh, thank you. And then left. It was weird. So I was like, but please, I don't want to work with dark beings all the time. That's not what I want to do. But, but yeah. that's, but, but it was definitely, I, I decided that, um, if you don't give your power away and if you are, if you just look at it like on an equal playing field and be like, okay, like I see where that's where you're at. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, but I, I definitely, I also don't want to work with, with dark beings because that is like, that's not fun. 
No, no. I, I'm allowed to work with like souls that are stuck in what I call limbo or in between that have quite, like crossed or finished their process and got all the way into the light. And so something like that is okay. But what I mean by work with them is I'm not allowed to uh, ask questions them or for them or, or use their or, or work with them like I would an angel or guide here or yeah. master. Yeah. So can I come across them? Can I see them? I actually see entities stuck on people and things like that. I even see sometimes things that would be considered very alien that are not like of this planet or wouldn't be, you know, considered of this planet. And so you, there's a lot of things moving through the universe all the time, you know, uh, and a lot of dimensions and I can't go in and out of all of those either. Some I can go to, some I can't. Portals are really interesting too. Some I can open a lot of portals, but I can't necessarily go through them. Like even some people that are ascending through certain portals, like I can open that for them, but I can't go. So that's kind of fascinating. And then there's a few that I could go to. And when I was invited to in Peru, and I was like, no, you don't keep, one of the questions when I asked when I open a portal is, can I come back in this exact form the way I am, you know, within a time period that be you know cool, very close to where i am so i'll still know everyone and stuff like that and um i gotta know and i was like okay I, I, that's not for me right now right cool <laughs> so we're writing like the past lives part of it for you um there are ways to access past lives so there's something called one-eyed meditation that you can do with someone else have you done that before no oh it's really cool so the best way to do it is kind of in a low light situation and, and uh, in the evening, but you can do it anytime. And so what you do is you just pick one eye, you leave both eyes open, but you pick one eye and you just stare into that of the other person and then you soften your gaze and you'll start seeing their karmic, like past lives come through. Like if they still have karma to resolve and their past lives are still echoing through and they're working through stuff, you'll, you'll actually see their faces change in that process and they can be the same to you you can also do it to yourself in the mirror, in the mirror? Oh, okay yeah the try it with like candlelight or low light and do it in the mirror just stare and see you'll see your face start to shift if you just you know what i mean by soften your eyes like soften right like just like almost like you're looking at one of those magic uh things where your eyes just kind of right yeah. it's just the way you, the way you start out looking at an aura you soften your gaze and you don't look right at you look sort of to the like you're, you're the focusing side. on your peripheral vision main basically instead of more yeah yes exactly okay. so you can do the same thing and you'll see some of those karma clients now if you want to go like i find that people trigger me a lot so not trigger in a bad way but like they activate me in a way that i can if i've known them before i will get like a flash or i'll have a feeling about them and sometimes i get a full-blown vision of like the most emotional or impressive time the last time I saw them in another life. Like I'll have a, a full memory of that. You can also do like timeline walking where you go back if you want to and take yourself back. You do have the memories. You just have to act. I mean, I have a huge feeling that uh, I, I came down to assist and I came down for the show. Like, I feel like this is like an important time to be here. Agreed. I, I also believe that I was sent here during this time period to be here to assist in the, 
the shifting of how the energy is going right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to manifest, but not, I, I feel like we're in the middle of it manifesting now. And we are in the middle of it. We have been for a while. This could actually take a few hundred years. Hmm. Like a lot of people think, oh, it's going to be quick. You're like, no, no, this is the densest part of the universe over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, whenever they talk about like these, like one solar flashes and everybody wakes up and it's kumbaya, and I'm going like, nah, no, I don't like, like, like the thing is, is like people realize things very slowly on their own time. So, I mean... And if it was just like, okay, flash and we all know what's going on, then that would be kind of anticlimactical in, in a, a, some sense as well. Like, I mean, I pe people need to slowly come to the realization of their own truth on their own terms, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a slower process here in general, you know? We're, we're like the, the sea slugs of the of the galaxy here. <laughs> yeah. It is very, I do feel this is dense. This is like a thick, heavy place to be in compared to other places. In, ter in terms of the way the gravity feels on my bone, like the, the beingness of this being uh, is, it, this is, this is a, uh, this is a very thick uh, existence. Yes. Right. Agreed. And, and so like when I work with people, like sometimes um, I, I have to be careful about always asking for things to be ergonomical and easy on their system. So I, cause I don't want to push the, the physical too hard with the spiritual and the energetic. So I can move a massive amount of energy and I don't, um, I've had issues where people got burned or they break out in a rash or they, you know, oh, wow. um, yeah. So I'm like, okay, we're going to slow things down. So this is one of the reasons I always tell people, okay, you're in control. If you're feeling uncomfortable, it's too much energy. You need to give me feedback and you need to say, you know, we'll slow this down and always ask the angels and guys to make it ergonomical and easy on their system too when I'm working with folks. So when you're, when you're working with somebody, how does it manifest for you in terms of, do you, can you see things around people? Are you on video or is it more like you, you can hear in your own head, like, like your, your team? Both. Sometimes I, uh, sometimes my team's working with their team. Sometimes I just see or sense something around them and that needs to come forward and like communicate. Uh, other times it's more of what I call like the knowing, it just comes in. Um, but the, the visuals have been, you know, there on and off since I was a kid. Yeah, the visual, the visual can be really strong at times and very, very clear, like can see their whole I guess all their allies or their ancestors or folks that do want to come in and talk to them and help them out with things. You know, it just depends. Each person is different. And um, I just have to really listen deeply to them and to their team that's working with them and see what's going on. Hmm. And not assume anything, just really listen, you know, and ask, ask more questions too about things. So is there, is there anything that I didn't ask that you, that you, that you wished I would have asked or that you would, that you would like people to know just about what, like, 
if, if they had a, if, if, if they do consult you or even in general, like something that you think they should know that isn't talked about a lot about this realm. Um, about this realm. Well, there's so much. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would say that, okay. So one thing I, I, that sort of sits with me is like, I, you know, Carolyn misses, right. And she talks about soul contracts. Mm -mm. You're familiar with soul contracts though, right? Yes, I am familiar with soul contracts. Yeah. Kind of the person that wrote about them. There was someone else named Dolores Cannon that talked about soul contracts way before. And then Carolyn Miss wrote about it. So one thing I would like to say about earth school, <laughs> to use the language, is that it's, I don't agree with re-victimizing someone. So let's say if somebody's raped, then a lot of people will say, oh, well, you signed up for that. Nobody would sign up for that, right? If you were going to come down here, you wouldn't come down here to sign up for abusive parents, to be raped, to be beaten, to have your arms cut off, you know, or your hands like in Mexico during drug wars. You wouldn't right. sign up for those things. So I, I think what, what really happens on the other side of my understanding is that you sign up for like a class. I'm going to learn compassion. I'm going to learn love. I want to learn, you know, what relationship is you know, you sign up for, for earth school classes and then you say, okay. And they say, well, here's kind of a general syllabus and maybe you can pick your parents. Maybe you can do some things like that, but they aren't going to tell you everything that's going to happen to teach you those things. Yeah. They're just going to say, you signed up for the class and here's like a general, here's the things that you're like the goal of what you're going to learn. Does, does that make yeah, sense? I, I, I do like that. Yeah. Because I, I do feel, I always have a hard time sitting with that. Like, Oh really? I don't think people would really choose some of the brutal things that happen on our planet. Like, and I'm not sure that that was always part of the plot, the plan here. So no. yeah. Right. Um, I don't agree with that either. So that would be one of the big things that I talk about. And then I call there's, there are, there are like contractual things. Like there's some people that are going to meet and marry certain people, you know, but not everyone has a set like marriage partner that they're definitely going to be with in this lifetime. You know, maybe they came here to learn compassion, but it wasn't about the relationship. So they're going to sign up for that. You kind of see this in astrology too. Like it falls into your chart. You know, if you're what your kind of your focus is in this lifetime on those types of things also kind of interesting. So, um, that would be one thing I, I would like to clear up instead of, you know, saying someone made these terrible decisions for these things that happened to them, you know? Yeah. I'll yeah. I like that. I like that too. Um, I, I definitely think though that, um, it's, 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 all, I, it's, it's weird when people have like really bad things happen to them. Um, I, in my brain like have logical things about like how like this too will pass and it's and it's like you know like like thing like how they can heal but it's a very hard thing to be the person who articulates how how, how a person should get to give a person tools to help them heal like that's 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 a very delicate tightrope to walk with that they need to ask and and they need to uh be open, you know, to that. You can't just go around and tell people how to do it. You know, that's part of their process and the, and the learning, how they 
you know, go through that. So, and then also I would say there's something else what I call set points. Like there are some things you're not going to get out of in this lifetime, you know, uh, that you, that you kind of did sign up for signing up for the class. And that might be the person you're going to marry. That might be having a child that might be, you know, the, there's something what I call set points. Nothing's going to change that. All the roads you take are still going to get you there <laughs> at some point, and then you move, and then you get another choice shooting off of that set point, you know, for a possibility, you know, because there has to be a balance between free will and the class you signed up for. So that's why I say you sign up for the class, you have possible set point of, let's say you're going to marry George, okay, and then you marry George. But you can choose to divorce George. You can choose right. to cheat on George. You know, you can choose to beat George to death one day, right? <laughs> if you want to. Right. So, and then whenever that that whatever that set point was is complete, you're going to then have other choices you can make. It's almost like you're going to this class. You're going to have to write a report. Now you get to choose how you write that report, but it, it, it has to be you have to write a report on the subject that we're that we're going right. to class for. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I definitely have, um, I, you know, this is, is, is kind of random, but like I go to school in my dreams. Like I, I go to, I have this, um, uh, I don't know. I, I sometimes feel like I do more work in my dreams than I do on my waking life, but uh, like, like maybe, I, I do feel like dreams are something that that um, that our society writes off as like just like a way of your brain processing stuff. But no, I think there's a whole other level going on, and I think that might be where a lot of our work is recorded or done. Something is done in in our dream state, and we don't we don't really understand it. But um, I would like to understand more and more about the dream. Like, what do you think the dream realm is? I think it's it's a combination of things. I think it's, you know, uh, you can commune with someone who's crossed over. It's a place to get downloads. It's a way to let things settle into the system because of the density. It's a way to step out of your body and go travel or go do the work and other areas that you need to do for a while, you know, so you can shut, shut this off and go work over there for a while if you need to. I think there's a lot of things that happen in the dream world. Um, I was studying Kabbalah for uh, a while, and one of the things they talk about in the Kabbalah is that you leave your body during sleep, and that you reason you have to wake up and you have to wash your hands in the morning because you may have been places that were unclean, and so you need to clear that energy and wash your hands every day. So I found that very fascinating. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm going to start washing my hands in the morning. I, I don't consciously make an effort to do that. So I should do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that neat? So you learn, you learn different things from different areas. So I found yeah. that fast. Yeah. What do you, I'm curious, what do you think dream time is for you? Um, I, well, I feel like it's more reality than this reality. I feel like that's like kind of more, maybe our natural resting place or like, I feel like that's, 
I, well, I don't know. It depends. Everybody has different dreams, but like I'm, I have a lot of control in my dreams. And I also, um, like I go to ships, I go to other planets. I go, like, I have a whole other life. Like I have a much richer life in my dream world than I do in my like waking world. So I, so it's hard for me because some people, the way they explain that they don't ever remember any dreams or their dreams were like, they went over their same day at work all the time. I'm kind of going like, yeah, my dreams aren't like that. So I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's our, I don't know. I feel like it's our astral body, which is like a little bit closer to the way our, our soul is used to operating. It's almost like we, we get to go back to how we normally are a little bit in the dreams world. And then, then when we come back, we're coming back to school or this is the job we're coming back to when we work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's one of many, many things that can go on during that time period. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. It, it's hard because we all have di such different sleep worlds, you know, cause I don't think everybody's experiencing it like that. So I, I don't know. No, in American Indian culture, it's uh, really interesting. They actually have what they call dream walkers. So people that can consciously move through their own dream worlds and then even into someone else's and come visit them in their dreams. Oh, I'm, I'm a dream walker. Mm -hmm. I, 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 that's like, yeah, I, I didn't know that there was a term for that, but I can, um, I can go to other people's dreams. Yeah. yeah. And like, if I, 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 I do a lot of, I do a lot of work that way, actually. Or like, I, right. like I, I help people like in their dreams, get out of, out of, out of thought patterns that they can't get out of. And nice. you could be so much more blunt in dreams and if you just get away with whatever, cause you're in a dream. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did not know that the native Americans had that. I need to look a little bit more into that. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Cause I, I've been, like I said, like my, my main psychic gift probably is dream world. Oh, nice. Very interesting. You should do a podcast on that. I know. I, I, I really should. It's just like, I don't know how to teach that. Like, I don't know like what you can, like, I just was always kind of, actually, I do have one tip about, about dreaming. I drink a ton of water all the time. And so I have to pee a lot in the middle of the night. And I think that the reason I remember so many of my dreams and have such control in my dreams and can do what I can do is because I always interrupt my REM cycle or something. And it's not intentionally. It's just because my body has, I have to get up and pee. So if, if anybody really wants to start playing around with um, like having next level dreams, you gotta, you gotta disrupt the, the REM, I think. And like, if you want to technically know how to do it, I think that's how you technically start doing it and drink a lot of water right before bed. <laughs> awesome. Nice. <laughs> it's a crazy tip, but it might work. Hey, you give it a whirl, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, I don't know. I've had a lot of fun. This is fun. Thank like you. It. Yeah, you do a great job with this. It's been an absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed just talking to you and getting to know you in general. Thank you for today. Yeah, I, me too.